Hey, my name is Ev Bennett, and welcome back to the Soul Blocks podcast channel. Uh, we do transformational foundational Torah here, and what that means is it's basically Torah and Kabbalah concepts that are designed to blow your mind and change the whole way you think about yourself, about Hashem, about your body, about the universe, about the relationship that you have with everyone around you, and really your entire existence, sort of what it's for, where it's going, and where it's from. And this particular episode is part of the Nefesh Chaim series. Uh, we are finishing up the fifth chapter in the first section, so it's uh, the last parts that, pieces that we've been discussing. Uh, essentially, we're referencing this framework and the, the way that the consciousness that we are and that you know, we express into the world is, is sort of like housed inside of this body that we use, and then that consciousness is really sort of uh, climbing and really, it, you could sort of think of it as, 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 as a, like a long chain of consciousness or a long uh, line or wire of consciousness that you are, which links you, you all the way to the top of all of existence. So you can think of it as the total consciousness is sort of like way, way, way up at the top of that chain, top of that ladder. And then the bottom is sort of the part that's linked to your body. And then the more you experience what we call consciousness expansion, which is the concept of bracha, there's going to be more and more and more and more consciousness uh, that you become more and more and more self-aware. You could think of that as if you're climbing up this ladder towards the totality of consciousness, getting more and more and more awake. And so the last part that Nefesh Chaim was talking about in the middle of chapter 5 is how there's, there, when Hashem created the world in this process where the Ein Sof differentiated himself into existence as we experience it in the universe. So there were these stages that the Torah describes in the first chapter of Genesis, of Bereshus, and in those stages, so the first stage had both um, above and below elements that were created, whereas the second stage only had an above element. It says the rakia, which means something like the sky or space. And then the third, the third phase had just things that were involving the lower elements, like the ground and grass and plants. And then the fourth phase was the moon and the stars and other planets and things like that which is, again, an, uh, an above phase. And then the fifth phase was, again, a below phase, like fish and animals. And, and then the sixth phase was this phase that actually had both. It had uh, what we call um, Adam, which is us. And that's essentially a physical body that has a consciousness um, matrix or consciousness, consciousness chain that links it to the above. So Adam was supposed to be this thing which is both above and below mixed together. And so the Nefesh Chaim brought this up because what he was trying to illustrate is that He's saying how there's a medrash which describes that uh, the reason why Hashem did it this way is because otherwise there was, there was going to be jealousy between the different parts of existence. The above and the below were going to be in this unbalanced fighting type of situation. And so he created, in order to make sure there was no jealousy, so Hashem made it that the sixth day had both an above and below elements mixed together. And so the Nefesh Chaim asks now, he says, V'lechora halo atatis gavir akina yoser. And now the, the, this whole idea that Hashem had, the solution to this problem of jealousy, was that he's going to make this creature that is going to be both above and below elements mixed together. So that's going to make the jealousy even worse. As opposed to if Hashem would have just made man into just something which was made from the below elements, this idea of adding above and below together is going to make the jealousy even greater. Because now what you just did was you took something which is from above, the consciousness fragment, uh, and the con- you know the consciousness that we are, and you shoved it kulo lamata into the below, uh, with the above sort of mixed in now. So there's no jealousy if you're not exposed 
to something else. In other words, jealousy is this thing which comes from a distorted perspective and distorts your perspective further. You look at somebody else and you see something which they have that you, that if you then decide to perceive that as relevant to you, such that you think that thing which that person has, I should have that. That's a choice that you make. To, that's how you become jealous, by choosing to perceive something which somebody else has as relevant to you, as if you could have that thing. So that's uh, that's a distorted perspective. Um, but if you sort of never got exposed to that other person's things, you never would have had the op option or opportunity to ever make such a choice that you're going to actually uh, view something which they had as relevant to you. So here, the fact that Hashem shoved the above into the below, like that's actually what causes the jealousy. So what is this Medrash talking about? It says that Hashem did this above-below mixture that we call man in order to quell the jealousy and to make it that, that there will be no imbalances in the universe. And here, this is exactly the opposite. By actually uh, shoving the above into the below, you're forcing the situation to actually be one of, of jealousy and imbalance. Again, here, jealousy is an analogy. We're not saying there's literally jealous feelings on the part of the heavens or the earth, the sky or the ground or anything like that, we're saying that this is sort of re referencing an imbalance, that there's going to be some kind of problem in the system and the presence of that which is above inside of that which is below, the intangible mixed with the tangible is some kind of untenable situation that is just going to be very distorted. So look how he explains it. who the explanation of this is, Adam HaShalem Karoi, a properly or organized or constructed Adam, his main, his essence, is sort of like implanted above in the root of consciousness, that is, the, the, the top of the ladder. And then that ladder, that wire, that rope of consciousness passes from up there, the root. Again, this is just an analogy, it's not literally above. Um, because consciousness, consciousness is actually non-spatial. There is no space in terms of consciousness. It is something which does not exist in a space or in a place. It's not a thing in that sense. It is the ultimate intangible qualitative element of the universe. Over derech alfei ribos olamos, and then that rope passes from above through all these layers of existence, ad until the other end, who nichnas begufa adam lamata. It sort of enters into the body of the down below of the physical body. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk in the Torah when it says in Parshas Hazinu, at the very end of the Torah, it says, because Hashem is a part of his people, and Yaakov, who is who is one of the forefathers, the, the that's Jacob in the Torah, is the rope of Hashem's like place to be. In other words, Hashem's sort of like uh, linked to Yaakov and to, to the descendants of Yaakov, who are that, that's that's anyone who's part of B'nai Israel. Um, essentially what we're saying here is that Hashem has this part of himself that is uh, included in this family that we call the family of Israel. And then Yaakov is actually this rope that is how Hashem sort of settles into the world through that. We're going to explain that a little further, what it means that Hashem settles into the world through this consciousness rope. But for now, the point is that there's this ladder, this rope, this connection of consciousness that starts all the way at the root of existence at the top and then sort of... Uh, goes all the way down and then links into the body, and then you are essentially this body-consciousness hybrid, and you're walking around uh, using, manipulating your body to do things in the world at the will and behest of you, the self, the consciousness that you are. Because what that means is that your, your main self is actually tied and rooted above as a, an aspect of, of Havaya, which means the conscious self that is uh, you know, behind all being. 
So that's how we talk about Hashem, the name Yudke Vavke. It's this four-letter name, the Tetragrammaton, it's called, called in English, which describes Hashem as the self behind all being. And you are you are sort of rooted in that, and this step-down version of that, Mishtal Shel Bechevel Anbola Gufa Adam, sort of like uh, un, uh, unraveling or spiraling downwards from that that upper consciousness, that total self that we call Havaya, Yudke Vavke. So you are that until you eventually are manifest inside and through the body. And then everything that you do using the body, it influences and impacts the vibrations of that rope that you are all the way up to the root of existence. That's why it's just like a regular rope. The rope is an analogy that if you take a rope and you sort of uh, you know, pull on it down below, so it causes vibrations. It vibrates all the way up to the other end. And so what we're saying here is this is explaining why it's not a jealousy, why, why this is a solution to the jealousy problem, is that we're not saying there's an above mixed together with a below in the system of below. We're not saying that there's this physical creature called man who is down below in the physical universe and then he has, he has this consciousness fragment from above that's now mixed in. What we're saying here, because that, that would cause a jealousy problem, because you're taking something which is foreign and you're shoving it into, into a context where it doesn't belong. And that's what causes jealousy. Like we said, the whole jealousy construct is that you see something which does not belong to you and you try to shove it into your own existence and say, no, that should be mine. It's a foreign element inside of a context in which it does not belong. But here, the meaning of this concept is not that there is a foreign element, that, that the self, the neshama, the consciousness is actually a foreign element. What it means is that, the, that you are this spectrum being you are, you are um, sort of part of every aspect of existence. So you're sort of from everywhere at the same time, as opposed to having one thing which is from one place and another part which is from another place hybridized like that, which would then make it foreign objects. What we're saying is you are actually a being that is comprised of and comprises all of existence from top to bottom. So there is no place that you do not belong as a, as a, as a, as a creation. You actually are part of all layers of the universe and every part of it is a part of you and so whatever you do you're sort of you know you're it, it impacts and, and interacts with the system that you are essentially formed of and so that's what we're saying here is that there's no there's no um jealousy because there's really no distortion in that way so um so let's just there's there's a, par- a parenthetical section here but we're going to read that also so he writes vidas lenavon nakel and someone who is wise can understand this very easily. This is also true when we talk about uh, earlier in this chapter, we spoke about how there is this um, model uh, in the four layers of, the, of existence. When you, talk, when you sort of break down all of the layers of existence and you sort of categorize them into four categories, the top one was this thing called atzilus, which means next to And what that sort of was referencing was how there is a layer of existence that is very close to the Ein Sof, to the ocean of self, to the to Yudke Vavke, to Hashem that is sort of above and behind and beyond all things. And so that's what the word Atzilos means. It means next to ness. And the, the, the other term that was brought up here was what's called Adam Ha'elyon, which means that there's this symbol of like of the, the shape and the idea of the construct of Adam, which means sort of like, you know, again, a, a body mixed together with a self that is comprising all of the universe. So he's saying that the same idea that we have by regular Adam is also true about this Adam Ha'elyon, this this symbol of the this term that describes the highest state of the of the um, series of layers of existence that we spoke about a couple of parts ago, a couple of episodes ago. So he says it's structured the same way. How and he brings you a couple of examples from the, where the Torah says Vayitzer Hashem Elokim Adam. 
generates and designs the Adam. So it's talking about the secret structure, the deep structure of, of the Adam Elyon. And it finishes off explaining, and you can skip the next few lines because they're Aramaic. We're going to read it in Hebrew in the brackets. Why exactly was it that Hashem did the process of creation of the Adam this way? Because he wanted to, to, to insert or include or to make part of the Adam all of the hidden existence, satim destima ad sofkol stimen, means the hidden aspects of existence. And what that really refers to, when we talk about hidden truth and hidden ideas in the Kabbalah and in the Torah, it means things that you can't actually see because they are not seeable, they're not measurable, they're not physical in that sense. These are what we call the intangibles of existence. And again, the classic example we're going to keep focusing on because it's the most uh, profound and most central is that of what we call consciousness. And really, that's the ultimate intangible of existence. It is by far the most central aspect of our of our being. And that's really what makes you who you are. That's what makes us interested in you. That's why we are interested in each other. We're not interested in each other's bodies. And anyone who gets interested in somebody's body is usually very temporary. It's because the body can be distracting sometimes. But the body is not the thing that we're really looking for. We're looking for the self that is coming through the body. And we want to relate to the self uh, using the body as a tool. And so here, sasim de stima at sofkol stimen means um, the hidden things that are sealed off and hidden until all the way till the end of them. In other words, again, referencing that same uh, chain or ladder uh, where as you climb up the ladder towards the root of consciousness, so and you become more and more and more awake, more and more and more conscious. So what that's really doing is it's you know, sort of referencing the, how there's, there's the ultimate intangible. There's the ultimate hidden because again, hidden means intangible, so we're going all the way to the end of that, which is you know the top of the ladder, and that's all included in the Adam. That's what it means. Says the, says this. Uh, it's really a, it's a piece of the Kabbalistic medrash called the Idra Rabbah. and so that's uh, that's that's what it means when it says in the Torah that Hashem blew into his nostrils the breath of life. What does it mean? that it's the neshama, the, the, the life force, that all life, nishmas chayim, the neshama of all life is uh, both above and below and throughout all of the layers of existence are all essentially dependent on that life force that's in the Adam. And they essentially exist and are, they, they are propagated through that. And that's when the Adam becomes a nefesh chaya, a living creature. Lios and that's when he's able to now be, be able to become interactive. When he's nefesh chaya, now he becomes animated. He can interact with the system and start to operate this, this whole gigantic system of where, he, where his behavior and his way of being essentially leads to vibrations and changes inside of the structure of existence. And that allows him to evoke that life force that's inside of him, the neshama, which is what we call the consciousness, uh, from step to step, stage to stage, ad sof kol goes all the way to the top of the system, to the end of all the stages. That allows the neshama to then be found in all uh, layers. Mispashetes bakol, and then sort of spread through all things. And again, that's the idea that we're saying here, is that we're talking about, I mean, there's a funny way of saying, there's a couple of different ways we could really describe this, but the idea here he's saying is that you're sort of trying to spread the neshama and let it pervade all of existence, but the way we also teach it this way, which is that you're trying to actually uncover the presence of the neshama underneath the totality of all being. And both of those are really the same journey. 
So when you become more conscious, when you connect yourself to the universe, to Hashem, to the Ein Sof, through the physical uh, existence that you're leading, so you can think of that as like now you're spreading your consciousness, you're, you're becoming more pervasive, you're growing in your power and in your consciousness into the world and, and into all being in the universe. And so that, that's, that's sort of one side of things. And you could also say it as you're actually uncovering the truth, which is that there's actually already a connection between you and all of being. And now when you live in a way that reflects that, so then you're actually going to be uncovering that truth. Now, this is literally the purpose of the whole Torah. Like the Torah's uh, lifestyle that it describes, what we call the mitzvot, are essentially actions that you take that help you to sort of live in alignment with the truth of existence. And then, you know, tefillah and are essentially uh, things to want that bring you into alignment with the values and wantings of existence of Hashem and what Hashem, like what Hashem sort of is trying to use this universe for. And then uh, Torah, learning Torah, is actually the thoughts that are in alignment with what this universe is, is all about. And so this, the whole lifestyle of Torah and tefillah and mitzvot are simply just the, the tools that we're using to connect to Hashem. And the, the, there's, there's these tools, when used properly, it lights your whole life on fire. It also makes you super powerful because what it does is it gets you in touch with the real source of your self-worth. You're not, like we all, we all struggle with senses of insecurity and problems where we feel like maybe I'm not special, I'm not important, I don't know, like I don't have, so, like we don't have, we lack motivation. We drown ourselves in, in TV shows or in alcohol or in unhealthy relationships and unhealthy activities. But that's because we're, we're so, we remain so confused and uncertain about who we really are and what we're supposed to be doing here. But when you plug into a system and a way of thinking that is so alive, and, and instead of it getting in the way, it actually turns on all of your power. And you, you want to wake up in the morning and just just take on the world and change the world and make the world incredibly more better than it was yesterday just to enhance it and constantly upgrade it. That's what the system is really designed to do. So reading on, this is what it says in the Zohar, in Parshas Yisro, it says in terms of the Pasuk, you have sort of entrapped me or, or uh, circumscribed me in this behind and front. It's a Pasuk in Tehillim, a verse in Tehillim. Um, and what it's talking about here, the Zohar explains, Achor, the behind is a reference to the de Bereshis, to the, the process of the generation of existence, what we call Bereshis, uh, Genesis, so the, ge- the generating of existence, Vekedem, and the front, Le'uvda de Merkava, refers to the, the process of what's called the Merkava. And the Merkava is a reference, as we mentioned earlier, to this, um, this way of being that's about, Merkava literally means uh, to carry, like to, to, to cause something to ride on top of you. In other words, you're trying to, to become a carrier, and what that's referring to here is a carrier for Hashem's presence. For you're supposed to become a chariot for consciousness. And so what that means that behind is the creation and in front is the chariot. What that really refers to is that um, that when we look like when we look at, at the behind, kind of, kind of like the foundation of all things is the creation process, the the differentiation of of the Ein Sof into the physical universe that we experience around us. And uh, as sort of makes it seem like, well, this is just all that there is, because now the satim distima, the hidden things, are invisible. We can't see all the intangible things directly. And then the journey, which is the kadim, the ahead, the kedem, that's the ahead part, is the journey is to slowly become a carrier for Hashem's presence. In other words, to uncover the truth that, in fact, we are not our bodies. We are an endless self that is manifest through our bodies, and the body is just a carrier 
for the presence of self that we really are, which is actually simply uh, an extension of Hashem's being and Hashem's presence, which we're going to have to go in more deeply into that concept. What exactly is the relationship between our consciousness and Hashem's consciousness as we get a little further? Shemitzad Aguf, as far as the body is concerned, hu achor, lemas ebreishis. That's like the, like it's, um, sort of like the behind in terms of the creation of existence. But in terms of the root, the upper root of the neshama, of the life force of it, it's sort of a head in terms of the um, the process of, of carrying that intangible self, that root uh, that is from above. It's even more advanced than Olamakise, which is the, like that's referencing as earlier in this chapter, that was the second closest layer to the high point of existence. There was Atzilus, which was the Adam Kadmon, Adam Ha'elyon element. And then there was um, there was the Olam Akise, which is the second stage of translation of Hashem's being into existence. And so it's second closest to the source of consciousness. And so here we're saying is that this, the Neshama, the, the Neshama Chaim of, of the Adam, in other words, your, uh, your Neshama, your consciousness fragment that you have is actually above that and operates uh, in terms of becoming a Merkava even higher than the stage of consciousness that we call the Olam Akisei. It's also to say that the Neshama is sort of like the breath of Hashem's mouth in some kind of way. We're going to explain that a little bit later on in Parak Tesvav, chapter 15. So we're going to have to get to that when we get to chapter 15. And just to finish up here, the end of chapter 5. So, And because of this, that's why the layers of existence sort of operate according to the actions of Adam. Because through the actions of Adam, um, sorry, because through their dynamics, they actually cause shifts in Adam's neshama itself. In other words, your consciousness is going to vibrate in sync with the layers of existence. That's because your neshama is actually the nefesh chaya of the of the layers of existence, and that's what that means is that you like what your neshama, your conscious fragment, is actually the animating life force of all the layers that it vibrates through. In other words, even when we spoke about in the past how Hashem is kind of like the, the electrical hub, and then you are like a miniature hub, what we're saying now is that the miniature hubs are powered by wires from the main hub that we call Hashem, and then the wires that run through from Hashem all the way to you, so those wires are actually creating ancillary energy, sort of like giving off uh, energy into the surrounding environment as they pass through that environment to get to you, to power you, and then your uh, interaction with with, the, with that energy source, with Hashem, through that wire actually causes shifts in the rest of the environment of the network. So again, you think of it as like one central power source and many miniature hubs of power, which is each of us, and the wires that connect each of us to the source of, of all being, so they vibrate through all of existence and they actually cause shifts and changes. And we are essentially are part of the process of powering existence, beast no beast no a'o, when you vibrate, then all the layers vibrate. When you stop, they cease to vibrate also. And so, when you are active and changing existence, and you're, you know, you're literally vibrating through the universe as you're, as you're, as you're living in, a, in an alive way. You're, you're, you're high. You're fully alive. You're, you're attached to Hashem, and then you're sort of like vibrating that energy through yourself and back towards Hashem and into the rest of the universe. It literally and it lightens up. It lights up the entire universe in a way that is just essentially powering it. And whenever you are still and you're stagnant, then it causes everything to become weakened and to sort of stop operating. 
That's what the Torah says when it says that the, the Nishmas Chaim was breathed into, into our nostrils. So it says, That this Nishama is above and beyond all of the layers of existence and their roots and their, their, their inner, inner sides. That, at that point, that's when Adam was Nefesh Chaya, became a living creature. What does it mean? Nefesh Chaya Olamos. That he was now an animating force for the layers of existence. That's what Chaim Vital is. Uh, uh, he's uh, the the main disciple of the Arizal, the writers of the writer of the the more in the last few hundred years, the most co- one of the most cohesive uh, integrators of Kabbalistic concepts and principles from the Torah into a set of works. That's the Arizal. So Rabbi Chaim Vital is his is his student. Um, and that's what he writes about that himself. The neshama of, the, of a person is the is the internal, is the root of all of the olamos. And so what we're talking about here essentially is that you are both, a, you, you impact your own existence, obviously, but you can become a force. And it's funny because we all kind of intuit this. We know that we impact the world around us. We influence each other. And if you sort of pay attention to how ideas sort of flow around the world, they really sort of travel almost like viruses. They go from person to person and ideas are being transmitted in movies and in talk shows and in TV shows and in books and in random conversations and in overheard conversations and in advertisements. And you're talking about like sort of the flow of perspectives that are constantly literally like, an, like, like sloshing around like liquids around the world all the time. And so the more true and the more awake you are, so then the more the things you're going to share into the world are going to be more and more profound and distilled and powerful. And that actually causes very intense vibrations in the idea framework of human existence. And then that apparently has massive consequences for the total universe because the more you are bringing Hashem's presence into existence, the more that will vibrate through all the universe and cause everything to become more uh, more full, more organized, and of course, there's a question of, well, what is the point of all of that? Ultimately, that impact on the rest of existence, and we're going to have to get to that when we start talking about what the real trajectory of this universe is. Mainly because we think of this universe as if it's like, well, there's like we've only been around for a few thousand years in the way in the, in the form that we're in right now, and uh, where's this all going, and where's mankind going? But there's actually a process here, and a plan, and a direction, and it's something which is we're, we're you're literally standing now on the edge of the of the beginning of the next chapter of mankind, what's called Olam Haba, which is going to be a crazy different existence. And we're, we're watching the seeds of that being sown right now. And if, you, if you're listening to this podcast in a car that is a combustion-driven engine with air conditioning and heat and music and all the different other abilities, and you're listening to this on a phone that is incredibly technologically advanced, you're literally watching as we build the future and start the transition into the Olam Haba phase of existence, which is coming very soon. So we're going to start to develop that more as we go also to sort of understand the direction here. That's the end of Chapter 5, Parak Hay, and I hope that you enjoyed that, and that was relatively clear. Thank you so much for listening, and feel free to subscribe and follow, and you can also check this content out on their YouTube channel, Yisod Blocks. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.